Well, this morning, if you have your Bibles, uh, return with me to the book of Numbers, chapter 27. But first, I want to read to you from a, a verse or two from the, from the book of Deuteronomy. As we're looking at the Spirit of God, we're going through the Bible, looking at the Spirit of God through the Bible. We've gone through Genesis, and we're going uh, to, through Exodus right now, looking at the Spirit of God. In, uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29, it says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our sons forever, that we may observe all the words of this law, of this book. God has revealed to us certain things. God has not revealed everything to us. We cannot be able to contain it or or understand it or comprehend it. But what God has revealed to us is contained here in the Word of God. This is the revelation of God to us, to you and to me. And not only to us, but to our children and our children's children, to our sons and daughters. Amen. That is why the Bible encourages us to believe the word of God, to receive it, to sit our children down, our sons and daughters, and and speak to them the word of God. Tell them the stories that are in the word of God. Give them ear to hear the word of God. Amen. The world will not give it to them. No one else will give it to them. But the Lord said this, which has been revealed, is for you and for your sons, for your children. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 11. uh, I'm sorry, chapter 30, yes, verse 11 through 20. uh, I was going to read that, but first I want to read to you for chapter 32. Verses 45 and 47, which says, Take to your heart all the words with which I am warning you today, which you shall command your sons to observe carefully, even all the words of this law. For it is not an idle word. The Bible says the word of God will not return void. For it is not an idle word for you. Indeed, it is your life, it says here. And by this word you shall prolong your days in the land which you are about to cross to the Jordan to possess. The word of God is not idle words. The words of life, words of power. This is is our staple. This is what we live upon. The word of God. And if we go to, to Deuteronomy chapter 30, and I just want to read verses 11 to, to, through uh, 15. 11 through 20. For this commandment which I command you today is not too difficult for you, nor is it out of reach. Not too difficult and not out of reach. The word of God is not too difficult and not out of reach. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will go up to heaven for us to get it? And make us hear it, that we may observe it. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who will cross the sea for us to get it for us, and make us to hear it, that we may observe it? But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may observe it. The word of God comes, and God puts it in our heart, that it comes in our mouth, that we may observe it. Amen? 15. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity... Death and adversity. Which would you choose? Life and prosperity? How many would choose life and prosperity? How many would choose death and adversity? I hope no hands go up. (laughs) The choice is ours. You hear what God is saying. He's giving us his word and the choice is ours. Look at somebody and say the choice is yours. To receive the word of God and believe it or not. When, when you receive the word of God, the word of God comes full of blessings and promises, life and prosperity. This is the word of God. People don't like those words sometimes, but that's what the word says, life and prosperity. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Verse 16, and then I command you today to love the Lord your God. To walk in his ways and keep his word, his commandments and his statutes and his judgments. That you may live and multiply. And that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering to possess it. 
Why does God want you to keep his word? Because he will receive glory and honor. And through him, through your life, he will bless you. But if your heart, verse 17, but if your heart turns away and you will not obey, but are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land where you are crossing the Jordan to enter it. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live and you and your descendants by loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice and by holding fast to him. For this is your life and the length of your days that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. So the word of the Lord says, if we receive and believe the word of the Lord, it will bless us. It will prolong our days. And God wants to bless. But God says, choose. Choose. Do you have an ear to hear? So choose. Do you willingly hear? Not only hear, but receive the word of God. Remember last week, we talked about the spirit of God speaking through Balaam. Remember? The spirit of God got a hold of Balaam and he gave oracles. But he was hearing the word of God, but it didn't go to his heart, did it? It went into his head and he spoke what the spirit of the Lord spoke through him. But he perished because he did not take it to heart. He did not choose. He did not choose. He did not choose to let the word of God change and transform his heart. So we can hear the word of God and we can speak the word of God. But unless the word of God comes into our heart and changes us and transforms us, that's why the word of God says that I will give you a new heart and a new spirit to be able to receive and contain my word. And my word in that new heart and that new spirit will burn like a fire and it will change and transform your life. Because otherwise, as the Bible says, I'll take that heart of stone. God can't write on a heart of stone. God can write on anything, don't get me wrong. But he said, I'll take that heart of stone and throw it away and I'll give you a heart of compassion, of flesh. And so the Lord says, choose, choose the word of the Lord. How many of you choose the word of the Lord this morning? Amen. We want to choose life, choose prosperity, choose long life, choose blessing in the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, go to this. We're going to go to Numbers chapter 27. Uh, Numbers chapter 27. And we're going to look at today. Hallelujah. Numbers chapter 27. Where we were just reading in, in Deuteronomy. The Lord said to Moses, Moses, you're going to die. He did. He spoke to Moses and he says, Moses, you're, you're about to die. You are going to die. And he says, uh, I want you to go and call Joshua because you're not going to go into the promise and you will die. If God told you that you were going to die, how would you feel? Moses was a servant of God, served God all his days, leading the people of God through the leading a grumbling and complaining band of people through the wilderness. And Moses says, Lord, you know, if I got to put up with these people anymore, please kill me. Get me, get me out of here. And the Lord said, no, Moses, it doesn't work that way. These are my people. God deals with his people. But God told Moses, Moses, you you are about to die. And there was a man in in the camp named Joshua. Joshua was a man of God. He was was filled with, with a heart of compassion for the Lord and for his people. We're going to pick up in verse 15. Numbers chapter 27, verse number 15. Then Moses spoke to the Lord, saying, I want you to understand that Moses spoke to the Lord. What does that tell us, that Moses spoke to the Lord? We just go right flying past that verse, Moses spoke to the Lord. That means that there was some kind of relationship between God and Moses. How many of you know God wants a relationship between you and him? 
God is not a respecter of post persons. God spoke to Moses. Moses was listening for the voice of God. God was listening to the, for the voice of Moses. It was a two-way thing. You know? You get on the phone, you expect to hear somebody talking when your phone rings, don't you? If you pick up the phone and there's no answer or nobody speaking, after a while, what do you do? Hello? Hello? Anybody? Hello? Hello? And you hang up. So God was expecting to hear from Moses. Moses was expecting to hear from God. How many of you are expecting to hear from God? We must have an expectancy all throughout our day that God will speak to us. Not so much audibly. The heavens aren't going to open and a voice is going to come down. Thus saith the Lord to... God can do that. He's able. We see in Balaam, he made the donkey turn around and talk to Balaam, right? God, I pray that he doesn't make a donkey come. I'm not that stubborn that he has to make a donkey come and speak to me. But we've got to, we've got to understand that. That God wants to hear from us. And God wants us to be honest before him. And speak the thoughts and intents that are on our heart before the Lord. But God wants us also to have an ear to hear what the Lord said. It's not good when you speak to someone who's always trying to, where you can't even get a word in edgewise, you know? But, uh, but, but, excuse me, but, 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 and they're talking and talking and talking. So communications, see, Moses had a relationship with the Lord. And he was able. So being, having a personal relationship with God is a key to, that opens up many, many things in the spiritual realm. And in the physical realm. And in every realm, spirit, soul, and body. So we need to communicate with the Lord. We need to talk with the Lord about all things. We need to speak with Him. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I hear them, and I know them. So there's a communication that God wants with us, to dialogue with Him. And communication is knowing, is knowing. See, Moses knew that God would hear him. Sometimes I hear Christians say, I don't know if God hears my prayer. Well, we got to get rid of that stinking thinking, that deceptive thinking, that lying thinking that says, I don't know if God hears me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Take that thought and trash it. Flush it down the bowl. Put it on the ground and step on it and say, I know God hears me. God is a God who has an ear to hear you. And so in Numbers chapter 27, verse 16, Then Moses said to the Lord, Let the Lord, the God of spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation. Let the Lord. Lord, I'm getting out of the way here. You choose who you want to lead your people. He's he's giving God the preeminence. He's saying, Lord, you are the one. You are the one. You are the God. He says, let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh. God has given breath to everyone in this place. He formed you, fashioned you in the womb, and breathed life into you. God is the God of the spirits of all flesh. Whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, God has breathed life into you and you are living only because the breath of God is in you because God formed you and fashioned you. He's the Lord of all. Now, if you're his people, you're special to him in a special way. God desires that none perish. But we're looking at the people of God here. And the Lord, Moses says, let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man... Over the congregation. You understand what God, what Moses is saying? Lord, I'm leaving it up to you to set a man over the congregation. To set a man. To set a man over the congregation. God has a, a, how many of you look for a health plan? Blue cross, blue shield, some kind of plan to cover you in case. God sets a man of God over his people. That's God's care plan. That's God's package plan. Now, God said his word and all, but God uses people. God works through people, and he sets someone over his people, Old Testament and New Testament. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God sets someone over his people that has a heart and filled with the Spirit of God 
that's God's care plan for you and I. God has a care plan. God cares about his people. And God works through men and women. How many of you know that? God raises men and women up, puts them in places, and he works through them to touch the lives of people. He works through people to speak to people. He works through people to to give a touch and comfort to someone. God is God, but God works through men and women. He works through men and women of God. In verse 17, he says, Who may go out before them and go in before them, who may lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep which have no shepherd. God wants his people to be spirit-led through leadership, through leaders. God doesn't want us walking around on our own like sheep without a shepherd. That's what the word of God says. I, in my course of my ministries, I heard many people say, the spirit of the God is going to lead me and I'll go and I'll float around wherever the spirit of God leads me. And I don't need anyone to guide me or to help me. The spirit of God will just float me around wherever he leads I'll go. I'm being led by the spirit of God. Well, we need to be led by the spirit of God. But we need to be led under and through leadership. God has set the body of Christ for a reason and for a purpose. And God never takes anyone and makes them free floaters, lone rangers, or floating around in, into La La Land. Woo! I'm, I'm, I'm being led by the woo, Spirit of God. Woo! Now, I believe that we need to be filled with the Spirit of God, that we need to have the Spirit of God speak to us and, and give us direction. But it comes, God sets a man over his people, that through that comes proper guidance and leadership, so that when you are have a call of the Spirit of God, it's acknowledged and it's guided and it's set in a place where God can, can work mightily through your life. God set a man so that they be not like sheep which have no shepherd. Verse 18, And the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand on him. Joshua was a proven man from from the congregation. He was there. Moses knew him. He was a man who was whose life proved, was showing that he loved the Lord, that he loved the people, that he was behind Moses. He was with Moses. Whatever Moses said, he, he was there to help and to do. He cared about God and he cared about God's people. Joshua was a proven man from the congregation. He wasn't a stranger who popped in one day and said, Woo, Moses, the Spirit of God just led me here. Moses said, Who are you? Oh, I'm Joshua. I'm led by the... That's not what happened. Moses knew Joshua. He was proven. The people knew Joshua. The people knew Joshua. He wasn't an uncommitted man. He didn't just float around and whenever he felt like doing something, he just said, hey Moses, I got nothing to do today. Can I help you? But he was a man and listen to what the Lord says. The Lord said to Moses, take Joshua the son of Nun with you. A man in whom is the Spirit of God. God wants us to be spirit-filled. If whenever it comes to ministry in any way, shape, or form for the Lord, God looks to see if you have a heart with his spirit. And what does that mean? A man with the spirit of the Lord, a man in whom is the spirit. Because when you have that right spirit within you, a spirit that loves the Lord and loves his people, it's a spirit of love, of unity, of compassion, of faith. And it's, a, it's, a, it's God, it's the spirit of God that gives you the ability to be a leader of his people. Without the spirit of God in you, you're an abuser of the people of God. But the spirit of God assures that you will be compassionate and full of love and mercy and leading and hearing from the Lord to lead. Because without the Spirit of the Lord, we cannot lead properly. We cannot lead. We may lead in a wrong way. We may lead in a place where the people will become injured and hurt and starved and broken. But with the Spirit of the Lord in a man, 
The Spirit of the Lord cares about the people of God, and the Spirit of the Lord will... That is why the Spirit in you is so important. That is why the Lord says that when I go, I will send a comforter to be with you, to guide you. And He, the Spirit of God, will bring to remembrance... Listen to it. He said, the Spirit of God will bring to remembrance everything that I said. The Spirit of God will bring to remembrance the Word of God that will lead you in the right way. That will enrich... We're talking about transforming ministry. And it is the Spirit of God in your life that will transform your ministry into something powerful that will set captives free, that will bring blessing to everyone who is under that ministry. Apart from the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. Not by works and not by power, not by might, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. By my Spirit, says the Lord. Take Joshua, who within him is the Spirit, and lay your hands on him, Moses. These are my people. Moses, you're about to die. You're not going to make it into the land. But Joshua will take my people into the land. But he's going to take them because he has my Spirit in them. In him. And he says, lay hands on him. Impartation means Joshua was ready to submit to Moses. Lord, whatever whatever the Lord says, Moses, here I am I. Here am I. He was willing to be accountable to the man of God. And some people say, I don't want you to lay hands on me. I don't need anybody to lay hands on me. I just called of God. I'm just called of God. I'm just called of God, led by the Spirit of God. I'll float around wherever I want. That's not what the Lord says. The Lord says, the man who's going to lead my people will be acknowledged by another man of God, who has the Spirit of God in him, who the people know, who the man of God knows. And then there will be a transfer of power. There will be an impartation of transformation into his life. Joshua was a man who was there with Moses, grew up in in that fellowship. That is why young men grow up in the fellowship. Be known to see that we can see your heart, that we can see that your desire. Someday God will say, come, Pastor Al, lay hands on so-and-so. Young or old, it doesn't matter. But the Spirit of the Lord will call you out. And call you up when he sees your heart is right with him and right for the people. That you have a heart for the people. Not to build yourself up, but to build the body of Christ up. That you have a heart for the people. A compassion to know that these are the people of God. Look around you. These are the people of the Lord. And Jesus says, whoever touch you touches the apple of my eye. Be careful what we do for the Lord. Verse number 19. So he set him before Eliezer the priest and before all the congregation and inaugurated him in their sight. Eliezer, the name means God is helper. And so God told Moses, take Joshua who has the spirit in him. He has the right heart. He He's the man and I want you to set him and I want you to lay hands on him. But bring him before Eliezer, the high priest, and before the congregation because Joshua must be declared and acknowledged by the man of God. And when Joshua, who has the spirit of God in him, is acknowledged by the men of God and the men of God lay their hands upon him, then Eliezer, the high priest, it says he is the helper. Then God becomes your helper. When you have the Spirit of God in you, and the men of God acknowledge you and lay hands upon you, there's an impartation and there's a declaration that God is your helper. For what God has called you to do, the Spirit of God is your helper in you. And in Numbers chapter 27, verse 20, And you shall give some of your authority to him, that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. Three things concerning the authority that that Moses and, and Eliezer were to bestow upon Joshua. 
Where in Hebrews 13, 7, it says, Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Remember those who rule over you. Don't forget them. Remember those who who rule over you. Nobody's going to rule over me. I don't need a ruler. I'm free in Jesus. Nobody's going to rule over me. Well, you are free in Jesus. You're free from sin. God has given you the freedom to not become bound and not become captive. God has not given you the freedom to float around however you want and however you will, wherever, wherever, wherever. God says you're free in the spirit, but God says he raised up in Ephesians. You read it. God raised up pastors, evangelists, teachers. He raises up ministry in his church. He raises up those through whom God can work his work, through whom the gifts can flow. And God raises up people. And he says, remember those who rule over you. Acknowledge those who rule over you. That they are set by God. For a purpose and a call. And it says, Hebrews 13, 17. Obey those who rule over you. We don't like those words, who rule over you. Rule doesn't mean becoming a dictator. Ruling doesn't mean that that we we take a, a, we, we become abusive and we become, do what I say or else, you know. That's not the rulership. When the Bible talks about rule, it means to lead God's people, to lead with love and compassion. That's why God said, take Joshua, who's in whom is the Spirit, who has love, who has compassion, who has, who has uh, an ear to hear my guidance, who, who has an ear for me, for my voice. And so why do we obey those who are in rule, in, in, have been set in places of, of, of leadership? Because we believe that they've been set by God there to look over our lives with compassion and love and care and concern. That you get into a place where you can be fed the word of God, nourished by the word of God. That you may grow in your most holy faith. That you may be there. Someone is there to give an ear, to hear, to lay hands on you, to pray with you, to believe God with you, to to encourage you on. Not to beat you down. Not to look at your life through a microscope and say, aha, aha, aha. No, but it's to build you up. To give you words of encouragement. That is why we obey. We obey because obedience is better than sacrifice, the word of the Lord says. As we obey those who rule over you, Hebrews thirteen seventeen says, and be submissive for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Who do leaders give an account to? Not the board, although leadership is accountable, but eventually, ultimately, it's to the Lord. What are we going to say to the Lord if we abuse His people? If we took advantage of His people? How will we ever give stand before the Lord and give an account? That is why we need to be filled with the Spirit. Filled with love and compassion that the Lord leads us and guides us. That the Lord gives us a word of wisdom. A word of, of that is a word in season to someone. Because you are God's people. We are God's people. God cares about us. And so God says, obey those who rule over you. Everyone cannot rule. Everyone can't rule. Does that mean somebody's better than another? No, it doesn't. It just means that God has called one person for one thing, another person for another thing. Together we make up the body of Christ. Together we do the work of the Lord. We are all important to God. We all have a place. We all have a purpose. We all have a gifting. We all have a talent. And together we use those things together. That is why there, the God sets a man so that we can, we can observe and acknowledge and bring all the giftings and everything together that we can build up the body of Christ as Ephesians says. Every joint supplying the need of uh, each one supplying the joint of, of everyone so that we grow. And it says, let them who do so with joy, not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. If everyone started complaining about the teacher and the preacher, man, that teacher or preacher would be saying, oh, man. But if he says, oh, Lord, your people, let him do it with joy. So that he comes before you with joy. It's a, it says it would be unprofitable for you if you give grief. But bring joy. 
And that becomes that when you obey those who have leadership over you, who rule over you, you do so out of a relationship of trust. Trusting them, seeing that they have compassion, seeing that they have mercy. You do not stay under someone who is abusive. You do not stay that over someone who wants to control your life. I've been under men who says that I hear from God for you. And you cannot do anything unless I hear from God for you. And I said, baloney, baloney, baloney. We need to hear from God. A man of God can confirm to you what the Lord of God is speaking to your spirit. I can confirm it, but I'm not going to say I'm going to hear from God for you and then you can't buy a car until you come to me and I'll, I'll let you know if that's the right car for you. That goes around. That is out there. Who you want to marry? I don't know. I got to pray on it and see if she's the right one for you. It sounds funny, but it's, it's out there. It's real. And so we obey those who we see are filled with the Spirit of God, who have a heart. How do you know that they're filled with the Spirit of God? Because then there's compassion, there's love, there's mercy. They have an ear to hear. They're concerned about you. The Spirit of God brings out the character of God. Who God is comes out through the Spirit of God in the individual that is there. Is that individual perfect? Absolutely not. But you will see the things that are of God in him. But if someone is controlling and manipulative, that is not the Spirit of God. Get out of there. Get out from under that. But get under someone who is filled with the Spirit of God, who has a a true passion and concern for the Lord and for you, a love for you to see that you will be blessed and prosper, that you come into a place that your eyes be open, yes, that that we be challenged, yes, that we be the Spirit of God convicts us, yes, but challenging for our growth. And verse chapter Hebrews 13, verse 24, greet all those who rule over you. And all the saints, those from Italy, greet you. The Italians greet you. Ah, hallelujah. Pastor Al Capozzi, the Italian greets you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Greet those. You know what it means when you greet someone? You love to see them. Jenny walked in with her friend today, and it was so good to see them. And you want to to go greet them. But if she was someone I didn't like, I would say, oh, man... Oh man, let me let me see if I can go. She maybe she won't see me here. So the Bible says, "Greet those who who rule over you," meaning you look forward to seeing them. You look forward to to going and embrace them because you know they're good people. You don't go. You don't look forward to greeting someone who's gonna. Well, but I, I think I see some real bad sin in your life today. We've got to do something to get that out of here right now. Come out with the guns blazing. You want to greet someone who's going to love you. How can I help you? What do you need? What are you struggling with? We're, and, and to pray with you. So greeting means that you greet someone. You look forward to be with them. You look forward to, to hear from them. So remember, acknowledge them, obey them, greet them. These are things. That's why God is so careful when He puts someone. He says, "He Joshua, man in whom is my spirit, take him and lay hands upon him for my service. He shall stand before it." Verse twenty-one. He shall stand before Eleazar the priest, who shall inquire before the Lord for him by the judgment of the Urim. At his word they shall go out, and at his word they shall come in. He and all the children with him, all the congregation. And again, trusting that Joshua is hearing from the Lord, being led by the Spirit of God. When a man is being filled and led by the Spirit of God, the Bible says, follow him. Don't fight him, follow him. Don't be like the people who followed Moses into the wilderness. They followed him for a while and then they said, "Ah, man, this man, we're sick of this man. And they started to fight against Moses. But where was God bringing them? Had they continued to follow Moses, they would have came into a land of promise and blessing. We want things overnight. Oh, I've been walking two years. Uh, you know, I've been walking two days or two months with, and nothing's happening. Everything's the same. And 
I'm out of here. Or I don't like what's going on here. Things should have happened sooner. Things take time. Follow. Follow that leader. Follow that, that, that whoever you're under. Follow. Follow. Don't fight. Follow. Have faith. When you have faith, the Bible says have faith. Don't faint. Faint not. Faint not. If you follow, you follow and you have faith. And you, that will say that you will not quit. You will not fight. You will not faint. Yeah, we got a long road to go. We got to, but things take a process. Things take a time. Follow with faith. Don't fight. You'll faint. Follow and have faith. Don't fight. You'll faint. Amen. In verse 22, so Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua, set him before Eliezer, the priest, and before all the congregation. They were all in one accord. There was agreement. In verse 23, and he laid his hands on him and inaugurated him, just as the Lord commanded him by the hand of Moses. Obedience to the word of God brings blessing. The whole body got blessed. A man in whom is the spirit. And I just want to end with this. Go to num- to Deuteronomy chapter number 34, verse 9. You see, Moses was obedient to the Lord. Joshua was obedient to Moses. The people of the Lord were in agreement. Eleazar, the priests, were there were laying hands upon him, laying hands upon Joshua for service. Joshua was going to serve the Lord, serve the people of God. How many of you here are serving the Lord? Every one of you. Every one of you are serving the Lord. Every one of you are a servant of God, called for a purpose and a plan. In your workplace, you're a servant of the Lord. You're in service for the King. If you're in school, if you're retired, if you're whatever, you're a, your days of service for the Lord never end. They have just begun. When you become born again into the kingdom and the family of God, you become at the Lord's service. And the Lord has filled you. Why has the Lord filled you? Why did the Lord say, wait until, wait until, wait until you receive power. Wait until you receive power from on high and then go out and be my witnesses. Then you will be my servants. Then you will be equipped for service. And so the Holy Spirit came upon them uh, in the upper room and he said, this promise is for you and for your children. God wants to fill us with his spirit. Why? Because he's got a call upon your life. God fills you with his spirit because there's a call of God in your life. God doesn't fill you with his spirit unless he's got a purpose and a plan for your life. And so God fills you with the Spirit of God because you have service to the King. You have service to the King to do. And God says you will be acknowledged. He will set a man of God to acknowledge that gifting and calling that you have in your life. And in Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 9, it says, Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses has laid his hands on him. You see, when Moses laid his hands on him, he was filled. But then God fills him with the spirit of wisdom. Because why? Remember Solomon prayed. The Lord said, Solomon, what is your prayer? Ask of me what you will and I'll give it to you. And what did Solomon pray? Lord, that you give me a spirit of wisdom and understanding that I may lead your people in and out. And God said, Solomon, because you asked for wisdom to lead my people, I will bless you above all men. There was no one blessed greater than Solomon because Solomon asked for wisdom and understanding to lead his people. But at the end of Solomon's days, we know what happened. Because he allowed other spirits to come in. Choice. Choice. He chose. And so it's not how you start off, how you finish. But God gives you his spirit to lead you and guide you in all that you have set for you for your journey through this life. 
Everything you do, listen to me, everything you do is a ministry for the Lord. Everything you say is a word of ministry to someone. And that is why we need to be before the Lord. Have His Spirit in us. Have His Word in us. So that God give us a word in season that we may be able to answer every man of this hope and faith that is in us. And so God is concerned about you. God fills you with His Spirit and He wants you. He calls you to be His servant. And so the children of Israel heeded Him and did as the Lord commanded Him. Now listen, and we're going to end with this. But since, verse 10, But since then there has not arisen in Israel a prophet like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, and all the signs and wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt before Pharaoh, before all his servants, and in all his land, and by all that mighty power and all the great terror which Moses performed in the sight of Israel. See, God doesn't want us to compare leaders with one another. Each one is called by God for a time. God called Moses for leading his people out of Egypt and through the wilderness. And God worked through Moses in a certain way, in a special way, that was needed and necessary for that time in, in, in their life, in that time in their journey. But it came a time in their journey when Moses could not go on anymore. When there had to be Joshua had to come into the picture. God took Joshua in the picture. And God says, Joshua, you are not to be Moses. You are to be Joshua. And you are to lead my people on a new journey. And I'm going to equip you for the journey that you have. I gave Moses what he needed for his journey. But now the same people. But now, Joshua, you're being equipped for a new journey. Don't compare yourself to someone else in ministry. What they're called to do, they're called to do. What you're called to do, you are called to do. You need to be faithful to the call of God on your life for a time such as this. And so don't look at someone else and say, I want to be like that preacher. I want to be like that leader. I want to be like... You've got to be who God has called you to be in this day and time that He has called you because God has called you for a time such as this. And if you are faithful and true to the calling that God has called you for, He's got something great in store. Captives will be set free. Great is the journey. You're on a journey to victory, a journey to the promised land. And so don't compare yourself. Thank God for where you are and who you're under right now. Joshua didn't want to be a Moses copycat. Joshua was called and set in place for a time such as this. We are called here at BCC for a time such as this. Every one of us, we are all called to serve the Lord. We all have the Spirit of God in us. This morning, I want to pray over each and every one of you. I'm just going to lay a hand upon you and, and, and agree with God. This is what the Spirit of the Lord has shown me to do. God has anointed you. The Spirit of God is in you. The Word of God is in you. But I want to agree with you that you are called for service for the Lord this morning. And as I lay a hand upon you this morning, know that what you do from this point on will be blessed. Because you're not going out as a sheep without a shepherd. I'm a man of God and I'm speaking over your life that what God has called you to do will be blessed and will prosper. You have a Spirit of God in you. We're going to take communion, and then I'm going to ask you to come and take communion. We're going to stand up here, and I'm just going to lay a quick hand on you and believe you. Amen? Believe God for you. The word of the Lord says... For I receive from the Lord that which I also deliver to you. That the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. Father, we thank you for your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, coming down from glory to be brutalized and to be broken, that we may be made whole. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for Calvary. Thank you for our wholeness. O Lamb of God, we thank you. We do remember all that you've done for us, Lord. How you were beatily brutalized, Lord. But 
Because of your love, you endured the cross for the joy that was set before you. Lord, thank you for making us whole. Thank you, Jesus, Lamb of God. Thank you, Lord. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. But with thanksgiving, remembering that he was broken, that we may be made whole. Let's partake of the bread together. And in the same way, he took the cup after supper. Lord, we thank you for the shed blood. The blood that washes us whiter than snow. The blood that washes all our sins away. That all the handwriting that was against us was nailed to your cross because of your shed blood. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us through your body and blood a garment of salvation and a robe of righteousness. Thank you, Lord, for this cleansing of our soul, of our spirit, of our soul, of our body. Thank you, Lord, precious Lamb of God. Wash us whiter than snow. And as we remember that the Lord has washed us clean through his blood, he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Together, let's take of the cup of the Lord. It says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Surely the Lord will come again in glory according to his word and promise. One day the heavens will open and there he will be, the Lord of glory. And on his vesture be the word of God, faithful and true, coming in all his glory. But until then, he says, occupy. Until then, he has filled us with his spirit for service to him and to his body. The price that Christ paid on Calvary's cross is that we be his people called by his name to serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords with joy and with gladness. And right now I want to just come around and I'm just going to lay a hand upon you with my wife and I'm going to agree with you and with the Lord and with you that God has given you his spirit for his service to him and to his body there are captives to be set free there are people who need encouragement there are people who need to be built up there are people who need to have their giftings and callings sharpened and brought forth we are to be enablers we are to be enrichers but we need to ride to set the captives free Lindsay Would you go just play that song, Sister Kim? That's beautiful. I just have a song that I've asked Lindsay to play for this. And I want you to come down because I want to anoint, I want you to, I want to pray over you also. Praise the Lord. I want to ask my wife to come. And we're just going to lay a hand upon you and believe you that you're anointed of God for his service. Take my heart and fill it, Lord, with Take my life, transform it by your power. I want to live for you each hour of my day. And I want to live for you. I just want to be your servant, like you served me. Even though I'm not deserving, you humbled yourself to serve me. 
Your servant's heart in me.